0: Yeah. I love my HBCU and bum. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU and man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won won. one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HTCU sports lab to see if my team wanna loss. Yeah. If they loud, I'm quiet as a mouth. Lock. But if they won, keep tab. I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. he yeah. you know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin about, They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. Yeah. If you know them like I know, em, you know they gonna them, they gon' tell you if your team if they wanna lose, move the ball, 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 ball.
1: So listen to so professor, professor. Yes sir.
2: Yes and sir. And pay attention so cuz he going to teach a, a lesson. lesson. This is Dr. Caville with inside HBC Sports Lab and you we did the special edition uh with the game time presenting uh AD of AD Brian and AD of the. Sports rap, obviously. We were in Birmingham. Well, I have been back to Houston, just so everybody's clear. I did take Deuce back to Houston to the mom, and he's straight. But I'm back on the road, and this time I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm going from Birmingham, Alabama to Houston, Texas, Charlotte, North Carolina, so your boy's on the road. So if you see me kind of wobbling a little bit and losing track of time, Understand it, different time zones, different things flying around here trying to get it done. But we had to give the people what they want. So without further ado, welcome to episode 268 of Inside the HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU for all things HBCU sports. From institutions large and small, from NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kaville, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Oh, yeah, Mike Washington is about out on assignment. So we had a clinical professor, A.D. Drew, putting in double duties, getting it done for all the people. Well, they're filming from their home studios and sending a signal live, K Switch 12:30 AM studios with the Texas Radio. Hall of Famer, I should say multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home for Charles, Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas. Again, I'm on the road, Charlotte, North Carolina, so we're going to bring it and do what it does. With that being said, welcome to all the lab listeners out here. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, let me go to Charles. We were going through the show scripts, and you were playing a little background, and you were giving us a little telling. <laughs> you know what? What had you in the giggles? I guess I should say first, how you doing? I'm doing well, Doc. I'm
3: doing well. Going to put out some more content. Uh, it's been a very uh, a great series in, in regards to uh, what we've been putting out on the pregame show in regards to the walk on trials. So part six will be has come out today. You can go to the pregame show YouTube page, but. Uh, one thing I will say is our uh, Jack State coaches, they're colorful characters. I think they've uh, uh, done a great job in, in putting this uh, uh, walk ons uh, together and they've whittled it down now. Like I said, part six is on the YouTube page now. Oh, good point! Good point. With that being said,
2: AD Drew, how are you doing today? Getting off the road?
4: Doing fine, my brother. Doing fine. It's uh, It it, it was a tough one. Thank God there was no work on Monday, or I might have had to call in on Monday after that marathon that we had on Sunday Uh, (laughs) (laughs) there in Birmingham. But, hey, who said HBCUs cannot play baseball? Because we showed it on Sunday in Birmingham, Alabama, with that instant classic, 14 innings, 6-5 score, and one small mistake uh is – Well, I won't even say one small mistake. Both teams capitalized when the other team made the mistake. And you were sitting right there next to me, Dr. Cavill. Did you not think that until that final double play where the last out occurred that Southern had – a realistic chance to not only tie that game but to win that game. Oh, no doubt
2: about it. You know, we were sitting up there with a lot of Alabama State fans, and you could tell they were on pins and needles. And I was nervous for them. You know, I didn't have necessary rooting interest. I, you know, picked Southern a little bit of probably their bias from the Western Division or wanting to see Western Division get it done more than anything. My son picked Southern, so I wanted to see him get it right. I guess I was the only one who got it right on the broadcast, but we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) After I got it wrong
4: the day before.
2: Uh, And so, yeah, when you saw him get the out, you was like, okay, all right, we're going to be able to get out of here before we go anymore. And then all of a sudden they got a couple on base and you was like, oh man, here they go. And that ball bounced down that line. He was there, but you were just like, is it going to slide all the way down that fence? And you knew that basically would score two. So you like it wouldn't the other way. Uh, but as you saw him cheer and get up, we excited for him big time. I hadn't seen a game like that. I know a lot of people were saying instant classic or magic in a moment. In a lot of ways, it certainly was one of the best games, but it reminded me of the 2005, if you would, when Southern again was in the mix. It seems like they always find a way to be in the mix. And this time it was against the upstart Prairie A&M University Panthers, uh, coached by uh, Robinson, Michael Robinson, who's now at Texas Southern University, when he had took his team after about the third, fourth year uh, and took them to a championship game. And you could tell they fell a little short not having that championship game because they went through the tournament undefeated, which is another case where Southern, uh, as they were talking about doing the broadcast. Come through the loser bracket. And you reminded us the only team to do that in terms of MIAC was Fam You. It would be fascinating to see how they and Bethune Cookman continue to push forward because they showed out really well in the tournament. But it reminded me of that game before I turn it back over and see what Charles has some thoughts about further about this. That game was unique because it went 19 innings. It went so long that it actually had to be canceled. It was at Ripwood in Birmingham again. So somehow oh, Birmingham, needs extra innings. So and I'm it had the until the next day. So I actually flew back that night, and I remember being in the house, talking to Charles, getting his feedback. We're up to, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what <laughs> is going on? He's texting me, and I'm just, like, all in this. I can't go to sleep. I know it's, like, 1 o'clock, and they finally told me um, some disturbances. I don't want to bring it up so negative. Uh, um, as Southern had a guy on third base, and they were wanting to finish the game. And Charles was like, we're not keeping our kids out here. So anyway, they went, into my, uh, went to the next day. And Southern, to their credit, got it done. Great ball game. But any additional thoughts? I know you weren't there live in action, Charles, but you got to watch it. So you can give us a perspective for all those fans that saw it streaming. What did you think about all of Yeah, I mean, it was
3: a great, great game all the way. I mean, it really kept you on the edge of your seats. I tip my hat to the Southern Jaguars. Um, Every time you watch them, it's like they're just never out of the game. You know, they could be down three, two, three runs, four runs, or whatever the case might be, and they just figure out a way to claw themselves back into the game. And they they were able to send it in the extra innings. But – you know, I, I take my hat off to that program. That is a pedigree program. Uh, they, they continuously find a way to get it done. They got themselves into the championship game. Uh, you take your hat off to Alabama State uh, in terms of what they were able to get done, uh, to be in the jams that they were in uh, because, you know, Southern had the bottom of the inning. And for the Alabama State to continuously get themselves out of some some tough situations, uh, credit to the pitching staff. Man, Brian Pooler came in. I can't say enough about him. He came in and held things down uh, for for quite a few innings there. Uh, just tough, solid pitching. And, you know, and, and my cherry on the top, I, I know we had Greg Olson for the championship game, but hats off to Coach Cater. I, I tremendously enjoyed the commentary of Coach uh, Coach Cater uh, leading up to the championship game. Uh, tremendous job in terms of broadcasting uh what they were able to do uh, with the swag. I, I think agree. he I did like 12
4: games more. in uh, <laughs> right. on uh tournament. Exactly. So he he was at the booth man. every yeah. time where Charles yeah. and uh Santorio were uh, able to switch out and uh you got a doc you do you handle the business side of the sport, but Co- coach Cador handled the sport of baseball as far as educating us while he was uh he was on the on the mic and you know depending on what I was doing sometimes I was listening to them broadcast the game while I was in the ballpark obviously the first two days of the tournament I was at home watching watching the tournament and just some of the stories that he was able to tell and some of the analogies and some of the why did the coach do this In, in a question sense but also why the coach did this in the educational sense. So he was, he was really able to break it down to the the players. Hey, he needs to step up on the plate. He's made the adjustment. Now let's see what he does. And nine times out of 10, he was right in his analysis. Yeah. Coach Cato has a future uh, outside of HBCU. If somebody is bold enough to hire him.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Shout out to coach Cato. Always a pleasant man. Uh, very good when we talk and it's just amazing all the history that he has at his fingertips. Shout out to Alabama State, as you said, to the head coach, Jose Vasquez. We should have a surprise in terms of that in the second half of the show. Shout out to Southern's baseball coach um, as uh, he was fighting and he spoke to my son, which is one of the reasons I think my son went out on the limb there because he was just enamored by, um, and you know, he was busy and he didn't have to do that. And so, Crenshaw, uh, credit to him in regards to the Class Act. He was you can still see the pain on his face, um, but it was good to see Vasquez, who has this was his third time, his third shot at it. Uh, hadn't won it, won it as assistant coach, and he finally got it done. So credit to him, the way that he's held the ship together, continue to build their program, and to finally get it done. That's a huge weight off his shoulders uh, in terms of that. So it's fascinating just to see all the different movement in the ballpark. Class ballpark for Birmingham. No, it was large and a lot of people may have been uh, concerned about the crowd, uh, but part of it, just the ballpark was so nice and large, but all the things that were connected with the stadium, the way you could, different ways you could watch the ball came. It was, it was beautiful. It was fascinating. I, I love the facilities. It was literally right down by the uh, Negro baseball museum, the Southern division. Um, so I got to t- take, Deuced through that, and that was a great moment for me, seeing that. He got to see Jackie Robinson a lot of folks in there, and he's enamored by Jackie Robinson's story in baseball. He's playing now, as you all know, so he came <laughs> around with his uh, collarbone uh, partially setter, so he had that, so he's playing that up, and a lot of folks were checking on. <laughs> we didn't get back until Monday, because we flew out Monday straight flight. I thought we were, and we were delayed two hours, so that was a uh, um, fascinating part of the trip there, but that was all of it before we close out and we'll talk a little bit more about these but cotton state draws eastern carolina uh, for the ncaa baseball tournament and alabama state uh, gets tennessee in regards to uh, who they will play for the tournament but let's take our first break and we'll be right back and give a shout out to all these lab listeners such as ricky burton wendell davis chad cooper kimley Reynolds, uh jerome g sutton uh, chad cooper Clay Johnson, Trudy Jackson, Edwin Dwight Moore, Michael Lee, uh, Kay Johnson, Charles Bishop, obviously, uh, checking us out and making sure everything's going right. Noel Price, Reuben Hogan, Karen Griffin. Uh, who else on here? Make sure we shout out Chuck Hunt, Eric Williams, Eric Caver, uh, a lot of good folks on here checking this out. Appreciate it. We're going to get a little bit more back in the tournament. Let's take this break before we carry on with the second half of the show and give you some insights and break down some teams in terms of kind of what we did before the pregame, but now we'll do it in hindsight and add Charles to the mix and see what we got. Let's take this first break. We'll be right back after this break. Support
4: the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports
0: Network. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew.
3: Don't worry, Ma. We'll be there soon.
2: We? Is this the one?
3: Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places.
1: This sounds wonderful.
3: Come outside. I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one.
4: (laughs) Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves.
2: Star Backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pie. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it.
0: Professor data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They to tell you if your team If they want a lot yeah, left So listen to Professor Yes sir, yes, sir. And pay attention so I, Cause he to teach a lesson You're
2: back doc This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Live. with Mike Washington Charles Bishop. Mike Wash out on assignment. So we got AD Drew and we got the 2022 SWAC baseball champion. 101 years of existence for the SWAC. First time for a 12 member tournament. Eight were in the tournament and only one stands at the end. And that is none other than Alabama State head baseball coach Jose Vasquez getting it done. So, first thing have the box coach.
1: How does it feel? Oh my goodness. Uh, hard to describe how good it feels. You know, you 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 set some goals early in the year. Um, you know, you work towards them and it's so it's so fun and rewarding to see your guys get to enjoy the the, the fruit of or the labor throughout the whole year. Uh winning games at the Division One level is not easy. And and uh you know, it's evident. I think uh, at the end of uh, every year, do you see so, many, so much movement, so many jobs opened up because you know uh, people are, I guess, are not meeting certain expectations. So when when uh, when you find yourself in this situation, you know, enjoying uh, a conference championship, and Eastern uh, Eastern Division title, and and your guys continuing to get better as we as we progress through the year, it's really rewarding and and uh, it's good to see. And I'm extremely happy for, for my team and my guys.
2: And for everybody who doesn't realize, Coach Vasquez is at present practice. He simulated and still took out time to make sure you <laughs> can show us love. So please understand if you hear him looking at and hey, he decides to make a coaching call right there, hey, this <laughs> real-time interview, it happens. You know, we get it like this. But let me circle back a little bit. Um, you're a championship coach. You did it as an uh, assistant coach with on Cookman. You come over to Alabama State, you get it done in 2015, coach leaves, you take over the helm, and you get to what seems like the mountaintop, to the championship game twice, knocked on that door, but this time you knock it down. So I just wanted the level set for everybody is, like, you're not new to this. This program is solid. It's been there, um, and it's playing really good baseball. Midweek Division I wins, as you're talking about, which are not easy. Uh, you have some of the most wins in terms of the overall conference for those midweek wins, some statement wins as well. Um, mm-hmm. So just wanted to congratulate you on all the work that you've done and make sure people understand that this is not a fly-by-night. This is not a happenstance. This is a lot of work that has went into it. So if you, a little bit before I uh, share the interview with the other colleagues here, talk a little bit about the work that goes into preparing uh, to earn a championship in the SWAC.
1: Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for those kind words. I've been fortunate enough to to be coaching at this level now for 20 years. And uh, it all started with an opportunity that I was given. And and I think I want to believe that I made the most of it. Uh, You know, a lot of hard work, a lot of time away from the family, uh, having the good people around me uh, and as you mentioned, you know, it takes, uh, it takes uh, a lot of people to be on the same page in order for you to be able to win at this level. You know, back to, to, to really to your question, you know, the preparation starts really from day one when you, you know, it starts with the recruiting process. It starts with getting here quality young men that, that are willing to, to work hard for us and, and represent our university the best way. That's number one. Number two is just getting our philosophy established. And, and making sure that we teach these guys how we want to play baseball. I know every coach has a different philosophy, different style. You know, and we believe uh, doing it now this long, we believe in what we preach, we believe in what we teach these guys, and it's just one of those things that that um, once they go out there, you know, it's up to them to get it done, but it's a lot of preparation and a lot of scouting reports, a lot of uh, times of practice, a lot of attention to detail, which I think is what win ball games and you know, we've been able to put a, a lot of those good games together. Uh, we have a good group, a group that has worked extremely hard. And, you know, they put themselves in, the, in this situation. And obviously, I'm the one that talks about it. And I'm the one that, you know, that gets to to be the face in a way of, of what we're trying to do. But all the credit goes to, to our players and, and to our university for, for putting us in a situation like this. And where we can just continue to represent our, you know, the ASU and the Hornets not only at the, you know, in the Southeast, but at the national level.
2: Talking about the national level, uh, you're preparing for the tournament, but before I give it over to Charles to ask a follow-up question, there are a lot of comments in the chat section that just says, excellent tournament, congratulations to you, excellent tournament. So, please, I know you got some work that you want to do before you get there, but you get to the spring meeting with your colleagues and other coaches, please let them know that a lot of fans were really excited about just the baseball that was played at this tournament all over all. So I wanted to share that. Please share that with them. Go ahead, Charles.
1: Go ahead, Coach. You want to add I just want to touch on that because I'm extremely proud of of, of what you said. I'm extremely proud of what our conference was able to do. I think the addition of of Bethune-Cookman, FAMU, along with the other universities that were represented in the tournament, uh, it's just good to see. I'm very proud of of what we done. What all the coaches are doing, all the hard work that everybody's putting in, and it was just an extremely competitive. As you, I don't know if you if you were well, you were there, you know, the first night every game was a one run one run game, you know, mm-hmm. and that that doesn't tell you how uh, the conference is competing and how everybody has prepared for this time of the year. You know, you're looking back at a division that everybody basically won between 19 to tw- 18 to 20 games on the other side and very competitive. It came to the end for us to be able to win the division. It's just, it makes me proud. It makes me proud. And, and uh, me as, a, as the chair of the, of the conference coaches, you know, I, I know that that uh, when we talk, we're very proud of each other and the work that we're putting in in the offseason, recruiting this young man to come in and, and play good baseball and once again competitive all the way. So I'm very, very proud of what we're doing. Thank you for sharing it. Go ahead, Charles.
3: Yeah, Coach Vasquez, first and foremost, I want to say congratulations. You guys played uh, a tremendous tournament. Uh, I want to definitely uh, extend my congratulations to you. I wanted to ask you about uh, uh, playing this Tennessee Volunteers baseball team, uh, one of the, the top team, I believe, in the tournament. But in terms of your preparation, you've had some, uh, a close call against Auburn uh, this mm-hmm. past year. But uh, just that that preparation in terms of playing this SEC caliber team.
1: I think the preparation, and I'm, I'm very transparent with, with what, you know, what we're trying to do this weekend. I think the main thing is to make sure that we are prepared for the atmosphere, even though that's very hard to simulate. Um, you know, we don't play too many games during the season and where there's 10, 12,000, maybe 14,000 fans, and that's what's going to happen this weekend. Um, you know, we just have to be ready for that. I think my guys, you know, baseball is baseball. As far as the other stuff, yeah, there are going to be some guys that obviously throw probably – a little harder than what we have seen, I guess, on a regular basis. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, we throw the baseball. Somebody's got to hit it. They throw the baseball. So <laughs> just got to catch it. I like it. Catch it. it got to make plays. You know, we're still dealing with, with young men that are, you know, 18 to 22-year-olds, and and, and uh, a lot of things can happen. So I'm just, you know, the mental aspect of things is to me right now the priority just to make sure I've been fortunate enough to be in, in – uh, and, you know, 10 regionals into where I've seen a little mm. bit of what's going on with the atmosphere. And I think that's a big thing because sometimes if you're not ready for that uh and the first two innings, it takes you a little, you know, a little long to adjust to that. But those first two innings might be the difference of the ball game. And mm-hmm. I don't know what happened on Friday. I don't know what, you know, what how my guys are going to react. But to me, that's the priority to make sure that I cover all the grounds into what they can possibly expect when we when we stepped feet you know a foot over there in Knoxville you know needless to say number one team in the nation we have a lot of respect for what what they're doing but then again we we feel that we have a very good team too so I mean eh, you know uh, we respect everybody but we don't fear anybody and that's uh it's just very simple and and I'm gonna describe it that way where. We're going to come in and, you know, we have played good baseball. We have competed against everybody that we face uh, uh, the entire year. And I don't expect anything less than that. You know, they're going to be a good team, but they're facing also a good team.
3: No doubt about
1: it. I like it. This is a little, just
2: a little baseball. You throw it, hit it, throw it, catch it. I like it. That's what we do. AD <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drew, go ahead and follow up with your question.
4: Coach, so I want to take you back to, to Sunday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to coach. Got to, uh, and, and, and I, I want to talk about. We all know Southern traditionally is, is a team that does not lay down, and they showed it. They showed it on Sunday. You guys went up early. They came back and tied it. You guys went up again. They came back and tied it. Went back and forth and back and forth. E- even in the even in the the thirteenth inning, I believe you guys took the lead again. And they tied it, and even in the fourteenth inning. And I was up there with some Alabama State fans and they were nervous until that, until <laughs> that double play to get that final out of the game. But what I want you to do, coach, is take a we we know the emotion for where I was sitting at and Dr. Kavir was right there next to me.
2: Take us yeah, that, the emotion. That, that includes Coach Edward Robinson. Make yeah, sure. E-Rob was right there next know. to us also. He was cheering, but he was a little nervous.
4: Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I want you to take us through the emotion that you had there uh, for yourself and there in, in the dugout, number one. And then, number two, the one thing that I was fearful of because this game had gone on for so long was – we were gonna have a good game, and then somebody was gonna run out of pitching, and we was gonna have a, a team win by nine, ten, and in the last, and the and the score was not gonna look as good as the ball game was, but that didn't happen. So no. kind of talk that, and then talk talk about that atmosphere and uh w- what it was like in the dugout. And then talk about the pitching aspect of it and how uh, you were able to come out of it.
1: Going going to your first part of of the question, the emotions. Let me tell you, I. I once again, I think the experience now that I have, I feel that I'm still young, but I've been in, around college baseball uh, long enough. And to know that, that you I got to stay calm. I got to show my guys that I'm still being positive and that I still uh, believe that, that we're going to find a way to win. I can't lie to you and tell you that when we didn't score in certain situations and not being the home team, going into trying to get really, at that time, you know, more outs than really what we have planned, um, I my mind was like, you know what, it's gonna be tough to get out of out of these situations, particularly when. And I don't know exactly if it was the twelfth inning or eleventh when the they bases loaded. I know where you're Base. going. The bases loaded. <laughs> bases loaded, and and uh, we were up by one. And you know we, once again, a lot of credit to to my coaching staff. We we had a, a brief meeting right there, and then we said, okay, what what are we trying to accomplish in this inning? So we all came to the conclusion as we're going to allow them. I guess we'll live with them tying the game. You know, we were up 5-4, I believe. I said, we'll live with them tying the game, and we'll just play double play death. And then from there, um, we'll see if we can get out of it. You know, so and, – and it just worked out that way. They hit it to a ground ball. We turned the double play. Then that uh, we have men on third with two outs. The guy flies out to right field. And then we get out of that inning. Basically, they need – obviously, it didn't uh, – uh, win the game, walking us off at that point. So that gave us a little bit of a breathing room to say, okay, we're still in it, you know. And 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 then we came back, I think, and we scored the the other run. And then, my goodness, you know, they they had a, a thread into where we uh, had to close it out. I be I watched that video when we closed that game out. I'm not gonna lie to you, I watched that video at least a hundred a hundred times at least. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and uh, I, I'm, I, once again, you know, we, uh, we, we had a lot of meetings throughout the game with my staff and, 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 and other situations into where we met right there. If you look at it, look how, how difficult that, that, uh, that decision was because we had the third baseman playing the line with a left-handed batter. Yep. That's how we ended the game. And I told my guys, I said, once again, I will I will leave the six hole open. We're gonna pinch the middle, and then if they they hit a base hit to the six hole and they Just tie on. the game, I live with that. But if they but I'm not gonna be able to live with myself if we move the guy out of the line, and they hit a grounder to that line and it becomes yeah. a double and they walk us off. So, you know, we went with that decision. Everybody agreed, and we left our third baseman a step from the line and <laughs> the rest is history. Uh, uh, what a game. I, I want to believe, you know, that, that that was one of the uh, a, definitely a classic uh, oh, yeah. a, and a game that it should be uh, it should be up there as far as college baseball. One of the, the greatest games, in my opinion, or, or, or all times with all the situations that came about and how interesting the whole thing was. So. You know, very proud, once again, very proud of the guys. At the end of the day, yeah, we, we do make some decisions, but the guys are the ones that execute the game planning. And I, I think that, you know, uh, they, they wanted it that bad into where adversity hit us plenty of times during that game, and we were able to overcome it. And, and those are good signs, not only for, for the game of baseball, but I think that as they move on and get older and become fathers and, and obviously husbands and all that stuff, that's what I want them to to do in life. Just to when they see adversity, just find a way to overcome it and make sure that they continue to do the right thing and keep fighting through things.
2: Coach, it's such a great thing, coach. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Is there any way you can give us
1: five minutes after this break? Absolutely. Yeah, I got it. I got my my coaches are are working at it. So and you know and 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 we're we're getting a good workout in on the infield. So we're good.
2: All right. So we're going to take this quick break. We'll come back and give you five more minutes. We're going to get a question for both Bishop and Drew. Uh, So excited about this, and the listeners are eating it up. So we want to make sure we take full advantage of it, and you deserve it. So I'm glad you can stick with us. We'll be right back after this quick break as we get into the seventh inning stretch. Coach is ready. (laughs) Your ad
1: could be ran here. myjbn.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service.
4: Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www. Dot slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com
0: Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentJAX.
3: Mobile banking from Truist actually works for you. It gives you simple... Smart, personalized insights to keep you one step ahead. Because we think that's the kind of control you deserve over your money. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist. Download the mobile
4: app now.
0: Professor the data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, them about, about, So listen to Professor Yessa sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because so he going to teach a lesson.
2: This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with the 2022 Alabama State head coach, Coach Vasquez, champion. I know you like how that sounds.
1: Oh, man. Every time, every time I talk to my team right now, I say, "What's up, champs?" <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> the champ is
2: here.
1: <laughs> the champ is here. <laughs> blue, 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 blue. champ is here. Go ahead,
2: Charles. I know you had a follow-up question.
3: Yeah, coach, and I wanted to go back to that that that, that uh, double play uh, because with that lefty up. And I don't know, conventional wisdom, you are guarding the lines late in the game. But with that lefty up, I was just, it, it took me by surprise how close he was to the bag. But just uh, set your defense. Talk, talk me through that. Well,
1: uh, once, w- once we saw that lefty, you know, he does have a tendency to go the other way. And, and that's what he was trying to do the whole game. He fighting off. The count was 2-2. So typically, majority of hitters, you know, they want to let the ball get deep. And they want to work the other way. Uh, as we get into that situation, we got one out, we got first and second, and thinking, uh, uh, you know what, we still got to guard the line. We still, even if I move him, it's got to be patient into where, you know, a step, he's still there guarding the line because no doubles. Once again, Southern, with, particularly in that inning with two fast runners, those guys score. If, 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 if something happens into where you place the ball to the line, they're not stopping those guys. They're going to force the issue, and, and at that point, the game is over. So we were up by one, and I just think, you know, like I said, I met with my staff, and, and and I don't know if you noticed, we kind of took a break. We told the pitcher to step off for a second in that situation, and that's why I said, hey, Christian, you know, just stay there, guard the line, and 2-2 count, and as I'm, as I'm seeing the contact, and the ball is hit directly at him, I really couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it because he goes into a situation into where, you know, uh, it's a feel good moment. Basically I made the right decision. I made the right decision. And then he goes and, and one is a guy that has been playing a, third, a phenomenal third base for us. At that point, when he caught that ball and he stepped the third, I knew we won the championship. Wow. At that point, there was no doubt in my mind that he weren't going to make that throw at that point. You know, I basically got on my knee. I, I, I said thank you, Jesus, and, you know, we celebrated like crazy after that.
3: That's all right, Coach. That was, that was, that was, that was a smart play. Yes, it did. <laughs>
1: well, great. Now, let's go ahead, Drew.
4: Uh, well, coach, you talk about some adversity. You had some fans up uh, in the stands, and some adversity. Uh, do I leave the stadium to go catch my flight? Do I change my flight? Do I stay around because that game was uh, yeah. that, that game was rolling? That game was rolling so long, there, <laughs> coach.
1: We had a lot of people, and one of the things that as we um, went, you know, went before I, we exited the, the, the stadium, when I checked my phone. I had over, uh, literally over 150 messages. Uh, just everybody, you know, between the congratulations and telling us how um, tense, intense of a game, you know, basically uh, uh, for a lot of people, a game that they haven't seen like that before. I told my staff, and I wasn't, I'm not joking about this, I said, if you give me a million scenarios in baseball until you say, give me the toughest game that you will ever, you think, find yourself on winning. I don't even know if those scenarios that we encounter on Sunday are there, because it was you know there are so many things that happen into where, like I said, it wasn't doubt, but it was like wow. I mean, this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough to overcome this one when you, particularly when we have bases loaded, nobody out, we don't score. You know, at that point, you go back and it's like wow. Is is this meant to be? You know, like is it meant to be for us not to win? And then with uh, our senior leadership, Breon Pooler, and coming out and giving us another chance to get at the plate, I mean, it's just, like I said, you, you, you get into a situation like that and, and I feel so proud of particularly my, my upperclassmen. And that's one thing that, that we did and I did by design. And I, don't, I know you guys watched the game, but we started with a with freshman and then everybody else that threw from there on was a senior. So I wanted to make sure that my My upperclassmen, my guys with experience were the ones that had the baseball in such a crucial time the rest of the game. That's why I gave the baseball to Peyton Harris, which has been outstanding for us. He gave us as much as he could. Then I gave the baseball to Breon Fuller with, I mean, on two days rest. And he, you know, my 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 mindset was give us two good ones and then we'll move on. And he ended up giving us like four and two thirds. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Huge. With two days rest and he was as good as, 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 as ever. I mean, he was as good as he's been all year cause he's been really good. But you know, when you go in there with two days rest, you, you kind of get a little hesitant on like what, what am I going to get? And my goodness, when he was throwing the baseball, the way that it was coming out with the intensity and, and locating his spots and all that stuff, it was just, it was just fun to watch. And then obviously once again, gave the ball to another senior Osvaldo Mendes and he just came in and did an outstanding job getting out of that big inning with the double play and then just closed it out. So, you know, uh, I, I think that when uh, when when we when people asked me early in the year, I said I know we're talented and a lot of teams are talented, but when we have guys that have the experience, sometimes experience is very hard to replace. You know, mm. and those moments, you know, those moments are not you know some guys sometimes you have a freshman that like I feel I do I got a freshman McIntosh that I know you guys saw it in there that guy's fearless he's going to be an outstanding player but at the end of the day sometimes he's a freshman you know and, mm-hmm. and those guys that have been there before particularly those guys you know that it's a senior Osvaldo Mendez and, and 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 those three guys were juco transfers they just did an outstanding job and and, and you know, like I said I, I'm I guess I, I get to enjoy them for as, as much as uh, you know as I have this so far this year with their competitiveness and and, and not only that but the all three of them Peyton Harris 4.0 student Brion, Arthur Ash uh, recipient you know in college baseball and Osvaldo Mendez another 4.0 student so I mean you're talking about uh, first class uh, young men that are gonna be like I said they're, they're winners not only on the field but uh, in life. I guess as a coach, you know it's like a they made me proud it's like I'm their dad, and then I'm watching them do the stuff in in front of me and that's how I feel about these guys i'm a you know i'm a I'm a girl dad I got two girls and and every every young man that I get to coach you know they feel like they're my sons, so you know it's just a, like I said a proud moment to for me to see and to be able to be a part of that accomplishment, just making memories and things that they will never that they can come back in 20 years and say, you remember when we did this, you know, and uh, those are the fun times in in life.
2: Great, great, great place to close. But I do want to give one more that we didn't ask you that you wanted to make sure that you express whether it's in terms of uh, your administration, your ADs, your fans, uh, the parents, and your players. This is a moment where you get to uh, say whatever you want to say at this time before we let you go.
1: You know, one thing uh, that I I can tell you is uh, uh, for the people that don't know, I'm an HBCU grad, you know, and and my entire staff were HBCU grads. We are, uh, our alma mater is Bethune-Cookman, you know, so we went to Bethune-Cookman, we coached there, we played there, and we were able to accomplish a lot of things while we were there. Uh, But Alabama State... Uh, it's an opportunity that uh, for me after 14 years as an assistant gave me an opportunity to be a head coach. I don't take that lightly. You know, uh, my job to me uh, uh, and I know my assistants and every day we we come in here and we want to make sure that we put Alabama state first. And that's one thing that I, that I want our fans to know. I want to make sure that they, you know, they feel that we're doing that. And I want to thank them for, for their support that we have a lot of, I think that we have a, a great support here in town. A lot of people have, you know, a lot of respect for what we're doing, and I just hope to, that for for them to continue to to be behind us and, and, and our program. And you know, we now moving in, being in one of the top sixty-four teams in the nation. Just uh, just as everybody else, our goal is not just to go to Knoxville and just you know uh, compete. Our goal is to try to make it to Omaha. So I mean, we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot. Like I said, we. We're getting ready, and we're going to enjoy the moment. We're going to live in the moment, but we're going to go out there and, and uh, represent our, not only our university, but HBCU baseball and, and uh, obviously our conference. So we're ready to go. We'll, we'll be departing tomorrow, and, you know, I want them to enjoy the moment, but I want them to, to understand that we're going there to, to make some noise.
2: Well said, and you certainly have our support and our love. We appreciate it. Anytime you need to get some information out, please know you got a home here. And we certainly will be rooting for you all the way uh, to the college world series. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you for your time. This is Congratulations. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll be right you. back after this break. This is the champ. The champ is here. Coach <laughs> from Alabama state university, 2022 SWAC tournament, baseball champion, as well as the Eastern division champion.
3: down and i'm gonna go back to you know we talked to our friends uh, charles bishop and neely they follow jackson state football and having dinner with them i mean they said this team feels like nobody can score three times on them three times he didn't say if it was three field goals three touchdowns Prairie View has scored twice touchdown field goal that's how good this defense is and whoa they are as good as advertised. Fourth best in all of FCS. Give it it got to get to the point where whoever we're doing the broadcast that week of the game, they're gonna have to sit down with y'all because y'all know us better than everybody. Sure. And y'all know some of the inside stuff that I may not tell them
4: because I don't trust them. but Trust us. We trust you Appreciate that. We truck, appreciate
0: coach. that. coach love baby. <laughs> You see Head and Shoulders
4: has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind
2: of like us. Number 15. Never not working.
4: I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and shoulder scalp shield. Never not working.
2: Press the
0: analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, They gonna tell you if your team, if they wanna love, bow, ball? So listen to Professor Yesa. and pay attention, cause he gon teach a lesson.
2: Dr. Ville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Charles Bishop and A.D. Drew, the professors in the building. Man, I got a chance to read a little bit. Got my book here, uh, Black Fives. The Epic Story of Basketball's Forgotten Era by Claude Johnson. If you want some good reading, it ties into some HBCU basketball first. Um, I put it up yesterday in terms of the 116th anniversary, if you would, of the first um, interscholastic, Collegian, if you would, uh, conference that was built, put together for uh, black institutions, uh, ties into that black basketball era, which leads into the CIAA, the first HBCU conference. So, so many ties there. So, got a chance on the plane to read in there. I would be remiss if I didn't share that with them. You know, that's part of the professor me Always giving you assignments. So, that's one of your reading assignments for those that are out there that want some time during the break during the summer before they get into back in that football action. Summer like you for this. football, we talk about that all year long. Let's talk about and do a little rewind in terms of the SWAC baseball tournament after such a tremendous interview. Great questions from all of you all. Uh, just tell us, and I'm going to start with you, Charles, in terms, again, from a streaming platform, what were some of the things that stood out to you from the SWAC 2022 baseball tournament?
3: Uh, obviously. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Coach Kedar and his uh, analysis of the game was uh, nails. I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, not only was it educational, but the folks humor uh, as well. I mean, we we have to be able to give these guys their flowers while they're amongst us. And i tell you what, Coach Cato, he's a walking living legend, along with guys like Bob Brady. If you're ever around these individuals, you can just gain so much knowledge of, of the game of baseball, and they have stories to share. And I was glad that Coach Cato was in position to uh, share those stories uh, from that standpoint. Uh, you know, it was a great baseball tournament. Uh, uh, you know, my, my only – you know, some takeaways was, you know, strike zone being a little liberal at times, <laughs> beyond, but, <laughs> but beyond that, you know, I, I really enjoyed the tournament. Uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, Jackson State was two in barbecue. Uh, that was a little bit of a downer, of course, you know, being a Jackson State alum, but uh, it was a great tournament. You, like I mentioned earlier, you take your hat off to Southern uh, in terms of their baseball program just being down. Uh, and fighting their way back uh, to meticulously get their way to the championship game. But hats off, Alabama State, uh, they were the best in the SWAC East. They carried that momentum into the tournament. They were able to get it done. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get those great pitching performances uh, like they had in the SWAC tournament against Tennessee. And like you said, anything can happen. It's baseball. We've seen it once, 2014. I remind people, Jackson State knocked off the number one team in the country in that game one against Louisiana Lafayette. Vincent Anthony and Alexander Jude uh, did a tremendous job in terms of stranded runners. So anything can
2: happen. Great point. You know it's a tough tournament when you get an 0 and 2 in barbecue from Jackson State and 0 and 2 barbecue from Texas Southern University. Woo, who would have thought of it? Drew, any takeaways that you had from the tournament?
4: Excellent tournament there uh, in Birmingham. Uh, A couple of things. uh, Number one, you mentioned Coach Cato. Coach Cato originally was not supposed to be the color commentator. Uh, He said they came to him uh, like the night before when they was going through, asked him would he mind doing the color commentary, and then he didn't – He originally did not know he was supposed to be doing every game. So shout out to to Coach (laughs) Kador, like you said, for stepping in uh, to fill in that hole for the the conference that he spent so many years in, 40-some-odd years, 42, I believe the the number is. Uh, Number two, every team in the SWAC tournament for the first time that I know of, you guys follow SWAC longer than I have, was above 500. You know, obviously that was due to the expansion to the other two teams coming in, Florida A&M and Bethel. But let's just sit back and think about this. Every team there, except for one in the tournament, had 19 wins or more. And the one team that didn't, Jackson State, had 16 wins and was above 500. So that shows the competitiveness of the, of the conference. And these were not just – uh This wasn't mediocrity. This was teams competing and winning. Now, overall records, uh, you had some that were below 500 overall, but just the fact that everybody was over 500 in conference. And last point, when they go to New Orleans next year, they're going to add two additional teams, I do believe. You know, obviously I understand this from a possible revenue point, but from a competitive point, I like it at eight because that those last two weeks of the season, not only will teams be jockeying for seeding as it as they were this year, but eventually there's going to be some teams fighting that four or five slot. on who gets in and who doesn't? If you get if that if that that fifteen gets in on each side, our teams really going to go as hard. And I'm really interested to see the format of a ten team tournament. You know where where does the buy go and some of those things and I know they're going to come out with that so that's the one thing that I'm really going to be interested in following, uh, going into next year.
3: Well, you know, to your point, to your point, Ad, and that was the thing that jumped out at me. Uh, the number one starter was coming out uh in in these games. So uh, uh so you didn't have that that third starter that would, you know uh go against
2: the lower seated teams and things of that nature. So yeah, you that, had that to pitch your ace. Yeah, or the or the midweek starter. So to your point, we've seen in previous tournaments where you'd have the number one team playing the four team, uh, which would just get in and didn't necessarily have a solid record. And you'd see a lot of times where the number one team would pitch, you know, the third or midweek starter, thinking they could get over the hump, and most times they did. So good point. I'm like you, Drew. I like the eight teams. Understand financially why bringing ten teams helps in that scenario. But it'll be interesting to follow in the offseason where they make that change because uh, there will be some dialogues out there. I want to give some love to Varick Williams, uh, jumping in there to your point. Uh, when you talked about the number one seed being upset, he said, yep, for the SWAC, having three times. SU beat number one Cal State Fullerton. TSU beat number one Rice and JSU beat number one U- ULL uh, over the years. Credit to the SWAC. Great comment there, Varick. I was thinking about it, but you made it easy and got that information too. Donna Glover said, hey, hey, guys. Anthony Weston said, what's up to everybody? Edwin Dwight Moore, to his point. Now, I was going to go here, so I'm glad that you did this, Mr. Um, Moore. SWAT, Digital Network, excellent streaming of the tournament. We want a lot more of that across our sports, um, and certainly could be an indication of more to come. You've seen it in football, you see it in baseball, and you've seen it for the SWAT basketball tournament. So you've seen it for the tournaments and you've seen it for the regular season of football. So I agree with it. Excellent uh, work. And to your point, when you talk about maybe a little Liberty on the strike zone, but in terms of calls in the field, uh, they had to replay. They went to replay when the coaches asked for it. And sometimes there were close calls and all, but one that I can remember, and it's probably two, uh, they would come back and confirm the call. So Great tournament in terms of the umpires in the field, what they were able to do, you know, on the spot. They had them at all the bases, which was, I think, important in terms of making sure that they could just zone in the area. So instead of going with the normal, what you do on the weekend, three uh, umpires calling, they went with four. Uh, really good uh, tournament in terms of that amenities. And so, shout out to the SWAT. Uh, the fact that they use play by play. In color, folks that are familiar with the SWAC all the way up to the championship game, obviously, which is uh, governed by the contract of ESPN. The fact that they put that together, I thought was a very brilliant move and a great job in terms of playing homage and allowing folks uh, to do the job. And I thought that brought a little levity uh, to the broadcast. So I just wanted to bring that up. I think it was excellent tournament uh, in a lot of different ways. And I just believe, If this is where we are in one-on-one, it's going to get more interesting and fascinating. Shout out to FAMU. I think they did a heck of a job in the tournament, uh, the way they fought with Southern, uh, stretching them out to their winner takeoff. If that's a indication in terms of what we got to see in the East, that's going to be fascinating as FAMU continues to get better. But Thun cookman obviously, was solid in terms of those matchups. You had six uh, one-run games. You had two that were three four-point games in terms of that. You essentially had two or three blowouts in the entire tournament, but excellently played tournament in terms of what you see in the matchups, including uh, the first four games, which were run-run games, which uh, is a heck of a statement when you talk about the quality of play. I just think uh, baseball is something to keep your eyes on and those fans that are out there, and we see them because y'all jumped in and wanted me to talk about it this week. Continue to spread the love and the word about baseball. I'm not talking to you all because you all are fans, not only to the show, but baseball based on the numbers seeing here. Continue to spread the word. Let them know that good uh, baseball is being played, so it's fascinating to see that kind of work. And I can't wait until next year, to be frank. I know closing out the season, we should have an update on the All Sports Trophy. We'll give you some updates to see how that goes. And then we'll get into the summer where we'll start uh, – uh, talking about some uh, before we get into football season. We'll bring in some researchers to give you some updates see about getting some backdrops in terms of the business of sports and sharing more information in there. But not to be outdone, we do have the postseason for baseball. And then on Thursday, look for us to take you down the track and field as we have people going to Eugene. We have North Carolina a t to keep your eyes on and watching. then we have some other institutions. Howard. Uh, Jack State, they were sending Uh, athletes and individual and some in four by four and things of that nature. So we'll make sure we'll keep an eye on that and give you some updates to let you get your latest and greatest HBCU sports news. With that, that'll do it for the show today. I want to say thanks for everybody joining us. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Thanks for listening to inside HBCU sports lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. the Dean of HBCU sports coming from inside the lab in the college of HBCU sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. I hope you enjoyed our shoe-in with A.D. Drew, bringing in us the clinical professor role. And hope you enjoyed our interview with Jose Vasquez, the 2022 Eastern Division and SWAT Tournament champions as they move forward. Shout-out to Coppin State for getting it done as well. Follow me, doctor Kenyatta Gignotta-Caville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. We look forward to discuss the latest in the lab as we get you back on Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Dream Big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of Course. AD Drew.
3: Lecture.
2: Dismiss. Shout yeah, out to yeah, I got a little bit of my black and gold on. That's why I love
4: Hey, I guess the East is the best right now. The East is the beast oh, of baseball.
2: East, we didn't get into that. They dominated <laughs> the tournament, man. Three of the four, of the first day. Mm, it's tough. Yes, we'll It'll be something to keep our eyes on. Something about the East, football, baseball. Wow, oh, man, I don't know.